Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. The Bible reading tonight starts at Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. You will find this on page 4 of the Bible in front of you. Then God said, Let us make men in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant of food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed it the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he had rested from all the work of creating that he had done. The second reading is on page 977. This is Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is hard. Ooh, it's light. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let me begin by uh, thanking you so much for the invitation to speak uh, tonight. For those of you who don't know me, I was a uh, ministry trainee here 2002 to 2004 and stayed for another six years. And Forward for me was one of the most um, influential and shaping times of my life. Uh, and uh, Jane and I have many friends here, um, so it's an absolute joy to be with you. Um, so thank you very much. As we begin, let's pray. Our Father God, we thank you for the wonderful hope and confidence we have that as we open your scriptures, you speak to us. And we pray tonight, Father, that we might hear your voice. Would you give us hearts that long to obey and ears that will listen? Amen. Amen. There are, there are some invitations that are just too good to turn down, aren't they? <clears throat> I wonder what that invitation would be for you. Uh, for me, it was probably, well, it is always actually food-related. Um, and one of the joys of being a ministry trainee here was that once a month before church family prayer, all the trainees would get invited to Peter and Janet Collier's house. <laughs> it was brilliant. Not only was the food amazing... The good thing for me is I'm more concerned with quantity, and there was always lots of it. You'd turn up and you'd find that Peter had been slaving away over a hot stove for most of the day. <clears throat> Apparently Janet helped here and there, um, but Peter always very graciously let Janet take the praise. For me, that was an invitation that I would not turn down. It was in the calendar at the beginning of the month. Fine foods, good friendship, lots of fun. And I wonder, I just wonder if the invitation that Jesus gives in Matthew 11 verse 28 is an invitation that fits into that category. An invitation that is too good to turn down. Do you open your Bibles with me at page 976. Jesus says this, he says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The Son invites us to rest in Him. And it's an invitation that's for the weary and the burdened. I wonder who of us sat here this evening doesn't feel a bit tired, a bit weary. Do you ever feel, feel like I do most days that I'm one good night's sleep away from contentment? But it never comes. A weariness is, is, is not less than a physical thing, but it's, it's probably more, isn't it? it? Weariness seems to describe a tiredness that comes from carrying the heavy loads of burdens that we carry through our lives. I don't know what those burdens are for you. Perhaps it's the burden of something that restricts us. A body that no longer works like it used to. The busy job that stops you seeing the family. The kids at home that give you no time to yourself. Or the endless need for revision and exams that kills your social life. Maybe the burden for you is one of emotional worry. And it weighs you down. And one of my main roles, as I said, is to, as Midlands team leader, is to look after the staff. And yes, I want to train and try to train and equip them in their roles, but I also want to care for them as people. And sometimes that means lying in bed at night and I can't sleep. 
as I reflect on a conversation I've had with a member of staff who's going through some really tough times and you feel really burdened for them. I wonder what keeps you awake at night. Exams looming on the horizon, lack of jobs, elderly relatives, the kids, or perhaps the suffering of close friends and family. Maybe another burden that you feel is that burden of feeling like you're just not very good at something. None of us like to do things we're not very good at. Perhaps it's, it's the burden of just not feeling good enough. And you feel it as you compare yourself to others, maybe in the church family. And perhaps you feel it as you compare yourself to the way that Christ asked the Christian to live. And you think, I'm just not good enough. And I think it's that particular burden that would most resonate with the people that Jesus made this original invitation to. The Jews were a burdened people. The rules that the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time, made them live under were harsh, oppressive even. Later on in Matthew, Jesus says this about the Pharisees. He says, they tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. And you see an example of this worked out in chapter 12 of Matthew. You see, to the Jew, under the rules of the Pharisees, keeping the rules was crucially important if you wanted to be truly accepted before God. But the reality was they couldn't keep the rules. They weren't good enough. And so actually the rules just reminded them of their failure. The rules were a burden to them. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like you're not good enough? You desperately want to live in a way that honours God, but you just don't seem to be able to. You want to read your Bible and pray first thing in the morning, but you just can't get up. You want to be patient with the kids, but they're just so difficult. You want to think pure thoughts, but your mind, your eyes and your mind just can't help but wonder. And perhaps even, dare I say it, in a mission and evangelism, you want to talk to people about Jesus, but half the time you're too scared. And when you do, you just think, that was a rubbish conversation, I gave some terrible answers. Or perhaps... Maybe a few here feel like the university student who in her first week at university uncharacteristically drank too much and ended up sleeping with a boy on a corridor. And now she wonders, can she ever face God again? You see, many of us don't feel we deserve to be a Christian. We live as Christians sometimes with the burden of not feeling good enough. And the resulting burden of guilt. Now as we reflect on all those different burdens. Doesn't Jesus' invitation in Matthew 11 verse 28 now seem too good to turn down? Come to me all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. You see if any of those burdens resonate with you this evening. Then Jesus' invitation is for you.
The Son invites you to rest in him. It's an invitation for the weary and the burdened. And it's an invitation to come to the Son. The solution to our burdens and weariness is found in a person. Matthew eleven twenty eight. look at it again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Just try and imagine you were hearing Jesus uh, give that invitation for the first time. You would think, what an arrogant thing to say. Who do you think you are? It's a hugely arrogant claim. If anyone else were to make it. But look at verse 27. Look at who Jesus is. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Verse 27 is a wonderful glimpse of the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. A perfect unity. So that everything we see in Jesus reflects God the Father. See, Jesus' invitation isn't arrogance. He can really offer this because of who he is. You see, the Pharisees would say, if you want to know God and be right with him, then go and do. Go and do your quiet time. Go and pray. Go to church twice on a Sunday, once midweek, and every other day in between. Go and serve as a full-time missionary. And it's not that those things are bad, but Jesus says, come. Come. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The Son invites us to rest in him. It's an invitation for the weary and burdened. It's an invitation to come to the Son. And it's an invitation to rest. You may have noticed as we, we read Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 that unlike all the other days, day 7 doesn't finish. It doesn't appear to end. And that's because day 7 is a picture. It's a picture of what rest will look like. And it's a picture of salvation. It's a picture of harmony. It's a picture of Eden. God dwelling with his people. God's people enjoying all the blessings of the creation. And humanity loving and serving God perfectly and loving each other perfectly as well. See, rest is a state of paradise, peace and contentment. It's salvation. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Do you see what Jesus is offering here? He's offering us what we were made for. Restored relationship with our fatherly creator in a world that is abundant in its blessing and free from sin and suffering. What, a, what an invitation. See, rest in the sun offers us release, relief from our burdens. A rest in the Bible is primarily a future thing. But what will fully, one day fully be realised in the new creation for all eternity 
we experience now in part. You see, rest in the sun removes the burden of not being good enough. See, I I know we know these things, or many of us know these things, but don't we need to be reminded of them because we just struggle to believe them? Our standing before God does not depend on how good we are. Our standing before God depends on whether or not we have accepted Jesus' invitation. You see, we will never be good enough. We are bound to fail. But the invitation is to come to the one who didn't fail. See, on the cross, the perfectly good man dies in my place. And therefore, the Christian is free from guilt. In the Son, I am not just forgiven, I am made righteous, I am clothed in Christ, I am a new creation, I am declared no longer guilty. So to live burdened by your failings is to fail to live in the light of what Christ has achieved for you. You see, if there's freedom uh, in the sun from the burdens of trying to be good, there's also, uh, consequently, in Jesus, there is also rest from the burdens of other people's expectations. See, if through Jesus we have nothing left to prove before God, so by implication, we have nothing left to prove to anyone else. See, I wonder... That in the busyness and weariness of our lives, could it just be that some of that is caused by the extra pressure of the things we only do because we think, because of other people's thoughts and other people thinking that we should be doing those things? See, rest in the sun removes the burden of not being good enough. Oh, rest in the sun does more than that, though, doesn't it? Rest in the sun offers hope to those feeling the burden of physical restriction. Uh, One of the the great things about working for UCF is we're a fellowship. We're a fellowship of students, staff, and supporters, and we really value the supporters. They're part of uh, the work in our eyes. And um, just this last week, I was talking to a couple of my supporters Um, They are getting on in age now, and life has become for them uh, quite a struggle. Bodies are failing, mobility is hard, and they're in the twilight years of their life. Uh, And every so often, um, they give me a call to see how I am, to let me know they've been praying for me and to, to ask how I'm doing and what they can pray for. And every time, I try and ask how they are. And they do share honestly, but they quickly move the conversation back to me and my family. Life for them is hard and unknown. Yet despite all their pain, they never seem to be burdened. They they seem joyful, even thankful. And as I chat to them, and as uh, Jane and I and the kids visit them, we always come away just struck by their security their certainty of future rest with the saviour they love seems to give them great hope. See, we live in the now and not yet 
of rest in the sun. And many of us will suffer incredible physical burdens that maybe will never go away. But one day, one day, the sun will welcome you into the rest that he has given you. And those burdens will be gone for all eternity. See, rest in the sun offers hope to those feeling the burden of physical restrictions. Our rest in the sun offers relief from emotional burdens as well, doesn't it? Remember that thing that stops you sleeping? The thing that's been on your mind through today, perhaps the thing that's on your mind now? Jesus says, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Bring it to verse 25, the Lord of heaven and earth. See, even in the midst of the darkest and toughest situation, I can put my head on the pillow at night and entrust myself to the good, kind, caring, just and merciful Heavenly Father. You see, when it feels like something rests on my shoulders, the burden is huge. But when I can entrust things to a God like that, yes, the hard work, the care, the love, the sacrifice, those things go on. But the burden is relieved. The son invites the weary and the burdens to rest in him. It's Mission Sunday, isn't it? And we think about mission and evangelism. And I just wonder... I wonder, is this the invitation that we are holding out in our evangelism and in our mission? Central to this invitation is the cross of Christ, the death, his death in our place that we might not face God's wrath. But oh, it is so much more than that. Because Jesus gives us an invitation to know the Father through him. It's an invitation to be adopted as his children, to experience the harmony of perfection of creation and rest for all eternity and to experience that now in parts, not fully, but in parts. See, have you ever met someone who doesn't carry a burden? Even the students have burdens. Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Is that not too good an invitation to keep to ourselves? And yet, if it is an invitation too good to turn down, then this passage is a sobering reminder that it is an invitation that not everyone will accept. So this passage comes in the context of Jesus sending out the 72 and the 12, depending on which um, gospel you read it in. And they return and they've seen many people repent and believe and they see many who haven't. And verse 25 and 26 explain why that is. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned And revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this was your good pleasure. 
Uh, as one commentator explains, the contrast in this verse is between those who are self-sufficient and deem themselves wise and those who are dependent and love to be taught. See, those who deem themselves wise, they have no need of God, no need of Jesus to make them right before God, will not accept Jesus' invitation. And so they will not enter Jesus' rest. It's a sobering warning, isn't it? For any of us sat here this evening who think that Jesus' invitation isn't for me. But there's another reason why not everyone will accept Jesus' invitation. It's in verse 25. Not everyone will accept because the Son's mighty works have been hidden from them. God the Father has hidden Jesus' identity and mighty works from some and revealed them to others. Now that's no doubt a truth that will raise questions in some of our minds. And thankfully for me, we've not got time to unpack those now. But we should take careful note of how Jesus responds to those truths. See, Jesus praises his Father because he acts in this way. See, Jesus has complete confidence in the justice of the Lord of heaven and earth. And that the people that God has hidden Jesus' mighty works from are the proud and the self-sufficient. The Son invites us all to rest in him. It's an invitation that is too good to turn down. It's too good for us not to share it. And yet our expectation as we head out from this building and head to whatever we're doing tomorrow morning is that not everyone will accept it. Well, if the Son inviting the weary and burdened to rest is an invitation to too, too good to turn down, then perhaps verses 29 to 30 will make you think it's too good to be true. Come to me, all you who are burdened and weary, and take, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Do you know, it reminds me a little bit of the um, Domino's pizza advert. They were doing um, feed a family of four for five pounds, and then in small print, each. And you think, oh, you had me at five pounds for four, but now I'm disappointed. And I think verse 29 can feel a little bit like that, can't it? You've just given me this wonderful invitation and now now you're telling me I need to be yoked to someone. The idea of being yoked to something, you know, the picture of oxen yoked together, tied together, pulling a plough, doesn't fill us with positive vibes, does it? Sounds like being yoked to Christ is not the best thing in the world. Well, perhaps we just need to reflect on what it means to be yoked to Christ. See, Jesus does tell people who've accepted his invitation how to live. But you see what he says? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, Jesus has kept the law for us. The heavy burden of the Old Testament law has been removed and now we are free to love Christ and love others. And that is the burden that Christ puts on us. And as we do that, we do that in his world, yoked to him. 
with Christ by our sides. And as we fail, Christ is right next to us, picking us up and urging us on. You see, Jesus isn't some sort of killjoy who demands that you get down and give him 20. Who sort of stands back from a distance when you've messed up again and says, I told you so. I told you that would happen if you did that sinful choice and now it's come back to bite you in the backside. I told you that would happen. No, Jesus isn't like that. Jesus is the gentle and humble servant who delights to see those who have been yoked to him, loving him and trying to live for him. And when we stumble, he gently picks us up, dusts us down and continues to walk alongside us. See, I wonder if some of us in here this evening have lost our joy in serving Christ. It feels like obedience to Christ has become hard work, full of restrictions that basically stop you doing the fun stuff. And if that's you, then perhaps, perhaps you've just lost sight of who it is you're yoked to. The Lord of heaven and earth who walk, walks along with you. As we draw to a close, let's just think about um, mission. You know, perhaps some of us have lost that joy in mission. We don't enjoy it. We don't look forward to it. We feel terrible at it. And we just wish we could be a Christian and not have to tell other people about it. It would make being a Christian so much more fun. And so Matthew 28 is a chapter, and you know the verse, is a verse that you've grown to dislike. Because every time you hear it, you feel guilty. And you feel that burden of failure, of not being good enough. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And you feel it, you think, oh, guilty, failure. Well, we've already seen we're no longer under the burden of having to be good to know God's. And being yoked to Christ, being yoked to the Son, means that we should be a people who live out this verse. You have a heart for those who don't know Jesus. Whether we like it or not, we are a people sent out on mission. As a Christian, that's who you are. You're a missionary, whether you like it or not. But remember how Jesus finishes that command in Matthew? He says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, that's what it means to be yoked to Christ. We don't go anywhere by ourselves. We go with Christ by our side. In fact, more accurately, we go where he goes. See, as we head into work tomorrow, feeling scared to speak, Jesus says, don't worry, I'm just here. And as we head to the school gates tomorrow, feeling ill-equipped to answer people's questions, Jesus says, don't worry, I'm just here, and I'll speak through you. 
Or as we head out um, to university and we, we walk into our lectures and we have an opportunity to speak about Jesus, but we just feel like such a hypocrite. Jesus says, don't worry, I'm just here and I've already dealt with your guilt. Because I've dealt with your sin. And perhaps, maybe as one or two here this evening, begin to think through God's calling on your life to maybe serve the Lord overseas, in mission, or serve him in this country, full-time, paid to do mission. And perhaps you're petrified at the thought of that. Jesus stands beside you and says, don't worry, you're with me. You're yoked to me. See, the Son invites the weary and the burdened to, be, to rest in him and be yoked to him. But that is an invitation too good to turn down. And it's an invitation that is too good to keep to ourselves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful invitation to know you through your Son and to experience your rest. Lord, thank you that if we're a Christian here, we have accepted that invitation and we have the wonderful confidence of you with us, of being yoked to you. Lord, would these truths encourage our hearts as we leave this building, as we go out to live the whole of our lives for you. Thank you, Lord, that we come burdened people and we can give those things to the Son. Amen.